Welcome to Healing with Worth, a podcast dedicated to healthy recovery and instilling hope in the wake of betrayal trauma. We are women who have experienced this intimately and want to offer hope to other women. While we may interview professionals on the show, the content should not be taken as therapeutic advice and is not meant to replace therapeutic healing. If you would like to join one of our free online worth groups to help with your betrayal trauma, you may find us at healingwithworth.org. Welcome to Healing with Worth. We're your hosts, Janine and Naomi. We're so excited to be back again for another episode where we just have a good conversation together. Today, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about denial. Well, we want to talk about a few things and, and we want to share another analogy as well. So Naomi, when you think of how pornography has affected your life, what are some of the words that come to your mind? Well, I think lonely, sad, angry, depressed, tired, exhausting, and painful. So those are some of the first words that come to my mind. Yeah, mine too. Definitely. Upon discovery. Yeah. Yeah. And then as you decided to get out of denial, describe some of the words. (laughs) Hell. (laughs) (laughs) You know, sometimes that is the only word that can describe it, right? (laughs) Yes. I love it. I love your honesty with that. (laughs) I mean, I spent so many years trying to look at the good. That's what the big marriage talkers out there say. You need to ignore the bad and focus on the good. And so I spent all that time trying to focus on the good, thinking that by focusing on the good, I was going to be happy. I was going to be able to have a good marriage and it wouldn't bother me so much, you know, because I knew for a long time what was going on. But I had no control over it. After so long of trying to control it, I just, I lost all hope. I started to lose faith in our marriage. When I finally took off those attempt at rose-colored glasses, it wasn't that I didn't see what was wrong. I just didn't think that there was anything I could do about it. Because my efforts for doing something were focused on changing him and trying to get him to not do X, Y, and Z. But when I finally turned and faced it and started doing things for me and changing things for me, all hell broke loose. Literally, (laughs) life flipped upside down for not just for me, for my kids too. And I'm sure for my husband as well. I wasn't going to put up with it anymore. And so, you know, life just became a little bit hellish for a while. (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely relate in many ways to your feelings of loneliness and sadness. And then when I decided to confront it and realize that that I needed to be able to get help or I would never know whether or not he's lying. And it felt very chaotic and unnatural. We've we've talked about on this podcast before with other guests how how healing is so counterintuitive. Mm-hmm. And and so it did create a storm in my life that that I was not used to. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with the legal repercussions of his behavior, but also 
the repercussions within the church. It created a lot of chaos, a lot of darkness in my life, for sure. I know a lot of our listeners can relate to all those feelings that you described and shared earlier. Well, I like how you described it. I I like how you described darkness, like that you had, that it was this darkness because I feel so much like that was my life when I was in denial, I was living in darkness and I was trying to pull whatever light I could into my life but I was so surrounded by darkness with all the pain that it caused in my life. Ironically, the moment that I started to shift and my life became hellish, light started to come back into my life. Oh, I love that you bring that up. <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, because I had been surrounded by the darkness for so long. And then when I finally stood up and started making some changes, not just light, but the spirit came back into my life and almost flooded me with information and direction and help. And, and these were all things that, you know, I think maybe early on, I may have had the impression to separate from my husband, like way early on, like before we even had kids. And I'm pretty sure that I ignored it. I just thought, no way. I can't do that. What will my, like, I was worried about what my family would think and what everybody around me would think. I wasn't thinking about me. I was so young and just unaware. So I think once I finally started to listen, light and intuition and understanding just came back into my life. And and those decisions, I mean, to be compassionate on yourself, those decisions they are counterintuitive and all the ramifications that that decision has on our children, on other people around us. I mean, we take those things into consideration. It would be understandable to question whether or not it would be the right thing to do for sure, you know, to give yourself grace in that. And all of our listeners who may be in that place of trying to make decisions in your life that will bring light and peace sometimes are going to create chaos in your life first. Yeah. In your story, Naomi, when did the chaos come about? You said when started to put your foot down and say no. Share with our listeners kind of what what ensued. Because I, I think this it's helpful for listeners to know you've got to kind of prepare for the chaos. Once you get out of denial about confronting the issue, you need to prepare yourself. Absolutely. It may take a period of time for you to prepare for the chaos, potential chaos that's going to ensue. I mean, it's all varying degrees of it. Right. Did you prepare in any way? And what, what was that experience like for you? Well, I think for me, it was just making an attempt at boundaries for the first time ever. You know, I think any significant boundary that's going to create a safe space for you is going to cause the other person in your life that you're trying to create safety around or from, it's going to cause them to feel crazy too. The normal patterns that that have been in the relationship are now disrupted. Exactly. And so my my first step in boundary making was I just 
needed space. I needed a safe space to sleep at night without fighting about sex or about, well, that was most of the fighting at night (laughs) was, was always about, was always about that. And so I needed a space where I could go and feel like I could go to sleep anytime I wanted to without it turning into an argument about whether or not we were going to have sex that night. I asked him to sleep on the couch until I felt like I could find some safety around that. And I didn't put a time limit on it. I just said, I need some space. And that caused probably some of the most crazy reactions that I had ever seen in our marriage to the point where he actually ended up being institutionalized because it was so extreme. It was scary for my children, for my daughter who witnessed it. It was scary for me asking myself, am I doing the right thing? This, How can this be the right thing? This isn't safe for me and my kids to continue to stay here. When he was institutionalized, my plan was to pack up as much as I could and leave. I knew that he couldn't come home at that point. From the point I set the boundary to the point that he ended up leaving, it was like an entire month of chaos and confusion and tears and just no clue how to move forward. I have a question Mm -hmm. about that. Did you prepare yourself for this chaos? No, I had no idea. I had no clue that that would happen. I think I was only attending a 12-step group at that time online through SA Lifeline. They were talking a lot about boundaries. And I'm like, this is a word that I've never heard before. Well, I'd heard it, but not in the way that they were using it. As I listened to some of the other women talk about boundaries and what they were and kind of how they did them, SAL, you get a sponsor. And I had, I didn't actually, you're supposed to pick one yourself. And I I was too scared to even pick one. But when I first went to the group, the person who led the group was like, I'll be, I'll be your like emergency sponsor until you pick a sponsor. And so I was like, Oh, okay, that works. (laughs) And so as I was going through this first part, I spoke with her, I decided that I needed the space. And then I made the request and he did, he moved to the couch, but there was a lot of craziness that went on after that. And so I spent, I would call her and crying, like, I don't know what to do because here's this and here's that. And I, I do know that this is what I need, but this is what's happening. At one point, she connected me with Real Croshaw, who was the founder. And, and I talked to her. And, and so she talked to me about, okay, make sure you talk to your Relief Society president, you know, and at the time I didn't have any family around me. So she was like, well, do you have family there? No. Okay. Find a Relief Society and find somebody who you can go to if the need arises, you know, if things get really bad. And then just kind of saying, is there anything else you can do? You know, is there anything? And she kind of led me to figure out what else I could do to create safety in this environment that I was living in, because I was just in tears. I just had no idea what to do. It happened on my own, but I was not prepared for what was going to ensue. 
And, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I talk to in group when I talk to other, other girls who are thinking about, you know, setting some really firm boundaries. I often will say, be prepared for things to get much worse before they get better. Often that's the experience. Because like you said, you're uprooting everything that they've known and they often will lash out and do things that they wouldn't have done otherwise. So I was not prepared, not in any way, shape or form. I was brand new into recovery. And then it was after he had already left, or maybe it was right before he left that I actually found worth and joined worth. And support in this chaos, I think is really important too. And that's why we're encouraged to have groups and and mentors and sponsors so that they can help support us through through this period where we're getting out of denial and there's a lot of chaos in our lives. And they provide validation. Yes, absolutely. And the reason we, we bring up this subject is because there's a great little analogy out there. We've been doing analogies in our episodes lately. And there was one that I heard at a three-day intensive that I went to. This analogy comes from, I believe, as best I can research, comes from Rory Vanden from his book, Take the Stairs. And it's geared towards motivational leaders, but I think it applies to our own situation. He starts out by, by just indicating that all of us have storms in life. I mean, we, we all deal with stuff, but pornography can bring this additional storm and darkness into our life that we just really are not prepared for. As faithful members of the church, as Christian women, we just don't expect this kind of thing in our life. We're not taught how to confront pornography in our marriages. We may be given advice and counsel on things we can do to protect our children, but we aren't really counseled in ways that how to deal with this issue when it becomes a problem in our marriages. So he talks about the place where he grew up, which was Colorado. And if you can imagine Colorado, the topographical nature of Colorado is basically divided equally. We've got mountains on the west and the plains on the east. Because of this unique topographical landscape, it's one of the only places in the world that has both buffalo and cows. There is a lesson in the way that animals respond to the storms. He says that when storms come, in Colorado, they almost always brew from the west, western front. And what happens is then they roll out towards the east. So cows can sense the storm coming, like many animals can. They can sense storms brewing. And I think we too, as humans, can do that. But I think we're kind of out of touch with how to do that. (laughs) Especially if we're in denial. (laughs) Yes. Yes, for sure. But cows, what they will try to do is they'll try to run towards the east away from the storm. As the storm's coming from the west, they'll start to run towards the east. Now, if you think about this, they're not like a fast animal. (laughs) So (laughs) as the storm starts coming from the west, they're running and the storm catches up with them rather quickly. And without knowing any better, they just start to outrun the storm. They try to anyway. Mm -hmm. But instead of outrunning the storm, they run with the storm 
which maximizes the amount of pain, the time and frustration that they experience in the storm. I mean, can you relate to, oh to being in this place where yeah. we're trying to outrun the storm? Or you've got this storm kind of brewing behind you and you, you know it's there, but. Yeah, 13 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 13 so years I'm... where if I had turned around a little sooner, I might have been, it might not have been 13 years into it. <laughs> If you are in that place of trying to outrun the storm, we get it. Often we just don't know what else to do. So until we know a better way, we're probably going to be in that place of denial. Oh, there's no storm behind me. <laughs> or maybe you do know that there's a storm, but you, you're in denial about facing the storm. Yeah. Like sitting there for years with trying to look at the positive instead of, you know, the things that are wrong, focusing right. on the good and that, and there's a place for that, but you know, there is still a level of denial in that, that you're not quite grasping or you don't want to quite yet grasp. Although, like you said, they're pro like the cows that are prolonging the pain in the storm, you know, we're kind of prolonging this pain that we're experiencing. If that's if you even know, that's if you even know what's going on. And right. so you're, you're kind of in this, for me, I knew what was going on. So, so I had, I was dealing with all of the pain and the loneliness and the frustration and the anger and the sadness and confusion and lack of control and all of these things I was, I was dealing with for a long time, but at the same time, I wasn't, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to face the storm. And so this was the only option I felt like I had if I wanted my kids to make it through. Right. In my, in my situation, the storm came very abruptly. I spent 28 years thinking I had a great marriage. As I started entering recovery circles, I realized that this, this storm was present in many marriages for a long period of time. And I didn't want to be in that place, like where many women like you sit for years. Yep. <laughs> and the star, I didn't feel like that was very <laughs> going to feel very good to me. So I, I was able to learn from, from other people as I entered recovery circles, but I had to get out of denial first. Right. Let's talk about the Buffalo. Yeah, let's talk about the buffalo. Colorado, Wyoming are probably one of the few places where buffalo actually live in the United States. But as buffaloes wait for the storm to crest over the peak of the mountaintops, what they do is they charge directly into the storm and run straight through it rather than running away from it, minimizing the amount of time and frustration an experience in the storm. Now, this is the same storm <laughs> that the cows are in, but right. it's how each animal responds to the storm. I get it. I get that there's a lot of fear about confronting this issue in a marriage. Mm -hmm. It just seems very overwhelming sometimes to know what to do. But I think this is a great metaphor for us as women, that when we're ready to face the storm, to think of the buffalo, mm -hmm. I think it's a great visual for us to keep in mind 
to look to how the buffalo responds to the storm and not the cow. So do you have any last thoughts, Naomi, about this? Yeah, I love the analogy and I love the concept that when we when we turn and face the storm, often we find the light faster. The light starts to come in. The sun shines again. I love that you brought that up. <laughs> yeah, I and I just think that I mean my my marriage still isn't at the place where I would expect it to be a few years into it because of choices that that have continued to be made. In turning and facing it head on, I have more peace, more hope and light in my life than I had the the previous years when I was running from when I was a cow, yeah. <laughs> when I was a cow running from the storm, I, <laughs> I have, I'm a buffalo now. <laughs> I have pressed on through the storm and I, and I feel like, you know, I've made it out the other side and, and every storm, that every subsequent storm that comes, I have tools to face it head on, to get through it and to work through it and come out on the other side better for it. I think that's the whole object of our life here on earth is when we face these challenges and we face these heartaches and we face these pains, we learn and we grow and we come out better for it on the other end. Even if we don't reconcile our marriages, when we face the storms and when we work through them with the tools that we are learning, then we come out better for it on the other end. And I think that's the most important thing to remember that when things are hard, we're being refined, we come out on the other end better for it. Yeah, we've built up a lot of resiliency in the process. Yeah, for sure. So we hope this analogy has been helpful to you. We really appreciate you listening to our podcast. And if you've got any comments or questions that you want to submit, don't hesitate to reach out to us. There's a particular topic, particular guests that you would like us to interview or talk with. We would love to have them on and do our best to reach out to them. So thank you for listening and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on Healing with Worth. Make sure to visit our website, healingwithworth.org, if you would like to enroll in an online therapist-led support group. We'll see you next time.